Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Hey, magical beings. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy, and I am so excited this morning. I'm so excited for a bunch of things. I am so excited about this episode, and I'll get into that in a second. I'm so excited that it's warm and sunny, and there's a soft breeze, and it just smells like Florida outside right now. I'm so grateful for the decision we made to move here. I am so excited about I'm so excited about human design and I'm totally going down the rabbit hole on this. I'm a manifesting generator and I'm learning so much. And if you want to talk about that, please reach out to me. I'm trying to learn all the things, like all the things. Um, I am so excited about helping world-changing entrepreneurs embody their light and magic. I'm so excited about helping people step into their magic and own it and be their powerful selves and let life and business and relationships and sport and everything be easy. And now let's get into this episode with Christy Whitman, who is a New York Times bestselling author. And she just brought it in this episode. You guys, she went through all seven laws in her quantum success, seven essential laws for a thriving, joyful, and prosperous relationship with work and money. So she shared the seven universal laws. This was so good. And so it was exactly what I needed. And I hope it's exactly what you need. Enjoy the episode and please share it on social. Shout out to me on social. If you're not already following me on Instagram, I'm at Kelsey Abbott CPC. Please shout out to me, to Christy, all the things. And don't forget to grab your free book from her. She shares the link at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Christy Whitman, the New York Times bestselling author of Quantum Success, Seven Essential Laws for a Thriving, Joyful, and Prosperous Relationship with Work and Money. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm so excited you're here. So, you wrote a book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, apparently I have. I've written five, actually. So this is my fifth book. (laughs) So you're a pretty big deal. (laughs) <laughs> I just like to say that. I'm a big deal around here. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny. No, I, yeah, I love it. They channel through me. So it's just something I, I'm blessed to be able to do. And I'm grateful that I get to be an author. So I love that. Yeah. So what, well, I was going to ask you what inspired you to write this book. 
Well, it's funny. I literally was on as most of my books that download, it's never convenient. That's why I always say success is not convenient. Um, it was three o'clock in the morning on a cruise ship. I was on vacation mode, just totally in, you know, family mode. And I got woken up and I now know this voice because it's the fifth time, you know, that this has happened through me actually se uh, seventh time because I have two other books that are going to be coming out. How it always happens the same way. And woken up at three o'clock in the morning, grab my pen, my paper, and my journal and my, pa and my pen, and try to find some place on the cruise ship because my family was all over the, you know, the, my husband was in our room, my one son was in the other room, other son was in the other room. So I had to go in the bathroom. And I literally, like, I said, I couldn't turn on the lights. It's three o'clock in the morning, right? So I go in the bathroom and I stack up a bunch of towels so it's comfortable. <laughs> And I just sit down and I, it, it, what happens is I start to write what I'm hearing. And then all of a sudden my hand goes so fast that I can't keep up with it. And my hand literally, like, it's not my own. It, it's the weirdest thing. It's like, I just watch my hand and the stuff that just downloads. And then when it's done, it's done. And then it's up to me to then take that information and type it up and do something with it. And so that's what I did. And, and uh, this one was clearly on um, working with the seven essential laws, I was talking about the seven universal laws that are really important for us to know as human beings. It's kind of like knowing the rules of the game and how I've applied it in my career for all these years, because I've been working with these universal laws for about 21 years and how like dramatically my life has shifted, but more importantly, the success that I've created in all aspects of my career and with money and having that conversation with money and how you apply these laws how your money situation actually changes. So um, I'm very grateful to be able to bring this out in, in a bigger way like this. I want to hear all about it, but I want to <laughs> go back to the bathroom. Okay. And I totally get what you're talking about. I totally get that download. I totally, and I was going to ask you how you could, your hand could keep up, but you explained that it just does it on its own. It just does it. Yeah. Which is so cool. Cause then you're getting like the musculature involved and, it's interesting to think of like how much we hold back the speed of our muscles. Yes. It's insane. I mean, it's like, it's, it goes so fast. Yeah. And does it still look like your handwriting? It does. It's, it's, um, it's interesting though, because it's not as um, easy to read, but I can read it. Okay. So, yeah. And did you download that whole book that night? the outline of it. So how it downloads, for example, is like certain things are said to me that I need to write down like as concepts. And then it gives me points, like write down this, like law of sufficiency and abundance and how it relates to this story. And then like the story will be written out or like parts of the story. And so that's when like, that's like the first draft, if you will. And then I put it into a word document and then that's when I have to flesh out the story. And then, you know, like flesh out the concept even more. And maybe like if it's talking about a certain concept, like the law of, you know, sufficiency and abundance, I have to then define what that is for a reader that's never, you know, read that or understood or even heard of it before. And so it's like, it, it's just this back and forth of fleshing out what came through and then more comes through. So it's, it's like, it's done when it's done type of thing. Have you ever ignored that? Does it always happen at 3 a.m.? Uh, my first book came through at 105 in the morning, and that happened seven nights in a row, and the book is seven chapters. Um, it, it happened to me in the middle of the day one time, 
um, at like two in the afternoon. My, my last book, which also was a New York Times bestselling book, um, The Art of Having It All. I remember I was um, pitching, I was doing media and I was pitching a um, freelance writer for New York Magazine. And I came up to her and I, and I thought I had the most perfect pitch for her. And I was like, what do all New York women want? And she said, what? And I said, they want it all. And she immediately was like, women can't have it all. And she's like, we need to wake up and, you know, smell the coffee and get real. And that, you know, women are overworked, they're overwhelmed. They're trying to have this perfectionistic life and it doesn't exist and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just looking at her like, and she goes, do you know anybody that, I mean, very argumentative. Do you know anybody that has it all? And I said, yeah, I do. And started telling her and I said, my clients do. And, and she just was like, handed me back my information. She's like, I won't be needing this because I don't believe women can have it all. And I just looked at her straight in her eyes and I said, and there in lies the problem. And so I just found myself getting so angry. Like, why would you argue for your limitations? Oh yes. You know, and, and why would you tell someone what they can or cannot have? You don't know what I'm capable of creating. And so I started getting that, you know, like feeling like I was going to explode. And I just heard, write it down. So I got my journal and got my pen and there it went. And I was, I had to go back to my hotel room cause I was just like in the, in the space of this, this, you know, media frenzy. And I'm like, I needed space. So I went back into my hotel room for hours, just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then for the next two weeks, like I, w- I had to tell my family, like my two kids and my husband, I'm like, if you see me pick up this journal, just give me a minute. Cause something's downloading through me. And I'm like, don't go mommy, mommy, or hun, you know, it's like, just give me a moment. It's not going to last long. And they did, they would see me pick up the journal and just start. I mean, again, it's like my hand was not my own. And that was the only book that I've written that happened several times during the day where it was just like, pick, pick up the journal and it's like, oh, okay. You know, and then it would just download through me. So it took about two weeks for all that content um, to come through since that initial moment of being like, why are you arguing for limitations, you know? Oh, so. so good. I also <laughs> love that you got the warning, like pick up the journal instead of it just like going. Cause that can be a lot like, Oh my God, what do I do with it? Where do I put it? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I just, and sometimes it is that feeling it's like, I'll be driving and then it's all of a sudden it just starts downloading and I'm like, trying to grab like a receipt piece of paper and writing down what I'm, you know, what I'm getting and stuff like that. But, um, thank goodness I've learned as a writer to keep a journal with me at all times now, because I never know when it's going to come. So I think I do do seem to be more receptive while I'm sleeping and that's when they like to wake me up. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I, I, and I asked about the 3am because that's a key time for me where I get, it's like sentences that won't leave me alone. And I'm like, okay, can you come back in the morning? And her, <laughs> can you come back? Can, please? And yeah. yeah, no, no. It's like it's knocking. Yes. It, yeah. And it won't go away. Yeah. 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 Until you go. Do something like, with it. Put it someplace. Yeah. yeah. And then- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these seven laws, why yeah. did you want to share them with the world? Well, because they le- learning about them and more importantly, applying them literally changed my life. So I, you know, lived very much a upper middle class family, but nothing was ever enough. Like my mom never thought my dad made enough. She was always comparing our family or how much money my dad made to all of their friends. 
you know, always comparing me to my sister. You know, it was everything was about outer appearances and, you know, the things that you could achieve in order to make you happy. So as long as you had this and that, and as long as you, and I was trained, right? As long as you go to college, you get a degree, you find a guy, you've got a good body, you have money in the bank, you know, you have a good career, then you'll be happy. And it was like, I had a checklist of all those things and I wasn't happy. I was, I was actually more unhappy because now I had achieved all these things that I was told that was going to make me happy. And I'm like, well, if that's not going to do it, then what is? And so I felt really unfulfilled and I started seeking, you know, it was almost like I, there was, I was missing something and I started even going back to trying to find some answers in my childhood religion, which I was raised Catholic, nothing wrong with religion or anything, but for me, it just wasn't doing it. And so I started, um, just asking, like, what, what is there? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. And I ended up moving um, from Chicago to California for the latest bad guy that I dated because I was like a magnet for, for bad guys. I like the bad boys and all the stuff that went with the bad boys. And so I moved to California and I found a meditation teacher that actually taught me not only how to meditate, but said to me that, you know, you create your own reality. And when she said that to me, now this is over 20 years ago. So it wasn't like the internet was huge. There wasn't a lot of people talking about this. There wasn't books on this. If there was, they were tucked away in like those metaphysical bookstores back in where the witches section is and that kind of thing. Nobody talked about it. So when she said that to me, something inside of me knew that that was true. And I, I was just so intrigued. Like, tell me more. What do you mean we create our own reality? And she said, your thoughts are either repelling things from you or attracting things to you. And, and again, I sat with that. It's like, that's true. I don't know how I know this to be true. So I started learning more and doing the practice of meditation and paying attention to my thoughts and changing my thoughts and shifting my beliefs and just got so hungry to learn more about how do you manifest something? How do you bring something that you want into reality, you know, by your thoughts? And the teachers started coming to me, the books, the information, um, the downloads, you know, and so I started just applying it to all aspects of my life and watching every aspect of my life change, the quality of the men that I was attracting. I got into an eight-year relationship with this really nice man, married him. Um, you know, my body was like effortlessly, like a size four, I could eat what I want, exercise, you know, that kind of thing. I had money in the bank, beautiful home. I just had all the things I, was, I ever wanted, and yet I was also feeling satisfied. And it was like I was making money hand over the fist because the success I was having in my career, and that's the basis of quantum success, is applying what I was learning in my career. And I started having people in my, I was a pharmaceutical sales rep at the time, and I started having people in my region and in my district look at me and go, what are you doing? You know something that we don't know. Because I was winning all the awards Whenever they went out, had three medications, whenever it was like regional, they'd like announce the awards. They'd be like, Christy Wetman, you know, it was because it was just like, here she goes with getting all the bonuses and winning all the awards. And this one, uh, this one girl, Letitia came up to me and she's like, all right, what are you doing that's different? And she's like, you're doing something different. And I said, yeah, I can coach you on it and teach you about it. And I had already had my first book come through me and, you know, had my my family and friends read the book. It wasn't their cup of tea. They weren't my ideal client for sure. Right. 
And uh, so I started speaking in spiritual bookstores and um, churches and non, you know, non-denomination churches. And um, people started asking me to coach them. And I had no idea there was this thing called life coaching. Again, this is like 18 years ago. And so I, I started just having people call me and walking them through the processes that I was receiving, that I was doing in my own life. And they were skyrocketing. They were because it's universal, right? So Letitia hired me as a coach. Um, and her, she went from like one of the lowest salespeople in the company to one of the highest winning the president's trophy award, which is like the highest, you know, 10% of the company, um, or 1%, I think of the sales team, you know, gets that kind of award. They go on a trip and all this kind of stuff. And what it is, is that it's like, I just saw more and more people that it's really universal. And if you apply this information to any aspect of your life, it works because it's, it, it's how our universe functions. So it's kind of like knowing about gravity, right? You and I don't have to sit there and think about gravity in order to not flow down into outer space. I mean, gravity is working whether we're talking about it, whether aware of it or not, whether we have any concept of it or not, it's always working. It makes sense for us though to know about it. So in case we're about to walk off the side of a building or a mountain, you know, that we understand that if I go beyond this physical thing, I'm going to go splat, right? So the same thing with the universal laws. And it's just important to understand that it doesn't matter who we are, whether we know that or not, they're always working. And so some people think, well, you know, it doesn't matter what I do. I always seem to attract the same thing. Well, yeah, everything is vibration. And so the way the universe works is that everything is energy. We know this by science, it's quantum physics, it's been proven you know, that to the bottom of everything is energy and all energy carries a vibration. And that vibration is communication that goes out to the universe that is matched by other frequencies and vibrations. And that's what is attracted to us. So we are like energy towers that are sending out a signal all day, every day. And we generate energy from inside of our being, right? And we're sending out these signals by the thoughts that we think, the beliefs that we have, the perspectives that we hold, the words that we say, the, the feelings that we have, the actions that we take, we're generating this energy. So the first law is the law of attraction. What you send out comes back. It's like a boomerang. Send it out, it's going to come back to you. You know, Send out nasty thoughts about the driver next to you. Someone's going to somehow, you're going to nasty thoughts back. You know, It's not a tit for tat kind of thing, but it's a vibrational thing. If you're on a certain frequency, you're going to get the same certain frequency of things coming back to you. So, I mean, I could go through all the laws. They're fascinating, but it's, it, your life literally changes. I, I kind of feel like it's knowing the rules of the game. You know, it, it's kind of like if you were an alien that just came down to earth today and someone said, okay, we're going to play baseball. This is something we do as a pastime in America. And so I'm going to give you a bat when the that guy on the mound, he's called a pitcher, throws the ball to you, you hit it, right? So you hit the ball and he's like, now run. And you run to third base, you're going to be out, right? So it makes sense if you are playing a game to know what the rules are of the game. So I like to think of these universal laws, these seven essential laws as the rules of the game, which every single person needs to understand them in order to really have what they want in their lives, less pain, less drama, less struggle, and more joy and freedom and success. So that's why. Will you that's take us through? Long-winded answer to what you asked me. Yes, I will take you through. And I don't remember <laughs> what I asked you, but that was a good answer. 
an hour ago you asked me. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know what I was going to ask you then either. So just, yeah, take us through the rest of them, please. Okay, sure. So there's law of attraction is the first one. Um, the second one is the law of deliberate creation. And this is a law that basically states that you are the one, you as the human being are the energy tower. So instead of being reactive, and, and creating by default, you actually get to decide, how do I want to feel about that? What vibration do I want to give out about that? And you get to put the, the thoughts that you want to think about something. So instead of just letting yourself think the thoughts that are disempowering or limiting, you get to actually say, hey, no, I want to think this way instead. I want to focus on what I do want instead of what I don't want. So law of deliberate creation is we as a human being get to decide what we want to feel, what we want to think, what we want to ultimately vibrate so that law of attraction can give us something different than our current reality is. So, so you're saying we're in charge. We are in charge. And the only thing that we are in charge of actually is our vibration. Basically another way, because we have no control of our other situations, people, the government, what the president says or doesn't say you know, what our moms think or our kids do. We have no control over anything outside of ourselves. The only thing we have control over is ourselves and the vibration that we give out. And as we start paying more attention and really take time to deliberately put our attention on what we do want and not on what we don't want, our lives change. And that's what we do have control over. So that's a lot of deliberate creation. The third law is the law of allowing. And that one is basically if you're constricting, if you're feeling any type of pain, any type of discomfort, if you're judging, criticizing, um, you know, feeling bad in any way, you're not in an allowing space. Allowing feels free. It feels flowing. It feels fun. And that's when things can come to you. That's when you can have an open heart and feel good about yourself, feel good about your relationships, feel good about the world that we live in when you're in an allowing space. And that that's an important law because that's how we receive when we're in allowing. You know, I always like to say if someone's going to give you a gift and they say, okay, I want to give you a gift and you put out your hand in a closed fist, you, you can't, nothing can get in your hand. You open up your hand to receive. And that's, that's allowing is really being open. I'm thinking a lot of people struggle with that one. Yes. Yeah. Because we, we think that if you would change, then I'll be happy. And that's not allowing, right. right? This person needs to be different. They should be there. You know, that we criticize, we compare, we judge, you know, the, the whole condemn, all that kind of stuff. And that's just not allowing, you know, we, we get to allow ourselves to think and believe what we want to believe. As long as it's not, we're not doing any type of behavior that's going to go and harm someone else or impose our, our, our beliefs on someone else. That's not allowing either. But mm -hmm. to, allow myself to feel the way I feel and to be okay with the way I feel and to accept the way I am and that I feel this way, that's allowing, right? Yeah. So yeah. the fourth law is actually the one that I feel pulls them all together. It's my favorite law to talk about. I actually have courses on just this one law alone. It's the law of sufficiency and abundance because most people, most human beings have been trained, programmed, conditioned, imprinted, however you want to call that with lack and limitation, right? Even our media from, from the places of advertising, you know, dudes, you are not enough unless you have this car, right? Ladies, you are not enough unless you have this face cream and no wrinkles, you know? So there's always playing into 
the things that we feel insecure about and that exemplify the places where we feel we're not enough. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one side of the spectrum, which is lack, but the other side of the spectrum is abundance. And the way to start feeling abundance or to have more than enough is another way of saying of all good things that you want, whether it be love, support, time, energy, money, whatever, clients, you know, all good things. The doorway into abundance is through satisfaction, is through being satiated, finding the place of being content, you know? And when we're in that place, we're in this side of the spectrum, that's when we're in the positive higher vibrations. And that's when we start to see evidence of more things that we enjoy and that, we're, that are pleasing to us and that are the positive aspects of our life. But if we're over here on this side of the spectrum where there's lack and limitation, all we are going to attract to ourselves is more lack and limitation. It cannot be any other way because you can't attract abundance from a place of lack. You have to be in the middle, at least going through the door of satisfaction. And that's important to know because if you feel like you have a lack of money or lack of support or lack of clients or any of those kind of thing, again, it's not doing more outside of yourself. People think, oh, if I just got to work more, then I'll make more money. Or oh, if I just work harder, then I'll finally get out of debt. It's like if you shift your vibration and then, you know, ha having your alignment be first and then whatever actions you take, whatever momentum is created from that place, the two combined with alignment and momentum, that's when you create the life that you want. And okay. this is, is this where our gratitude comes in? Yes, exactly. Gratitude, appreciation, those are tools and those are ways of, those are also vibrations, right? When you're in a place of just grateful, you're just grateful for your life and all the things in it. That, that's one of the highest vibrations in the universe. Love, appreciation, gratitude, excitement, passion. Those are like the highest vibrations. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Next one. <laughs> so um, well, we're going to, so, we're going to dig deeper on all of them. Yeah. Sure. So so the fifth law is the law of um, pure potentiality. And this one is amazing because it's like everything, when you think about it, we focus as human beings on the things that we can see, taste, touch, hear, smell, you know, the things that we say, oh, well, that's real because I can touch the desk. I can touch the computer. I can touch my earphones. You know, I can see the cell phone. I can see the pieces of paper. But the thing is, is that there's also what we don't see, and that's the space between my nose and the computer. All of this is pure potential energy. The, the space between my head and the ceiling, and then even beyond the ceiling, out into the cosmos, this is all unmanifested energy. And there's pure potential for what this little part of energy can become right now. And an idea that we get implanted from the divine, because it's the only one that's ever really the giver of anything is, is the divine, is all that is. We are the receiver of those great ideas. We get an idea. There is pure potentiality for what that idea can become. A lot of times what happens though with the human being is like we get the idea and then it's like, well, I can't do that. Who am I to do that? I don't know how to do that. Oh, or we look 10 miles down the road of all the possible things that could sabotage or stop us or, you know, stop us in our tracks or, you know, reasons it won't work or anything like that. Or we receive that idea, we get lit up by it, we allow ourselves to feel the pure potentiality of it, and then we get the idea of what to do next and we follow that and that becomes, we're in the flow 
of, of, of that alignment, so to speak. So that's pure potentiality is really allowing yourself to flow into, into that. Um, and knowing that that comes from a place of there is no limitations in this universe. So it's um, sounding like they're all connected at this point, or at least that that one is connected to allowing. It is. They're all, they're all interconnected. Okay. Yeah. The one, like I said, the one that pulls them all together is the human practice of the law of sufficiency and abundance and moving off of lack of limitation and moving into pure potentiality or moving into abundance, moving into possibilities. Right. Yeah. So, um, so the sixth one is the law of detachment, similar to the law of allowing, but different. We want to be able to, as the, you know, creative person that we are, um, we want to be able to have our goals, our visions, the things that we desire in our lives and have a focus on that. But where detachment comes in is that we as the human are actually limited in our scope of what we even understand as possible. So we might say, oh, I want the man and I want him to have these kind of qualities, right? And it's like, okay, be attached to that type of man. But the who it's going to be, the when he's going to come, the how it's going to happen, all that kind of stuff, you need to be in the space of allowing. You need to be detached from when it's going to come. Because if you're not, if you're like, it has to be now, when's it going to happen? Where's he, where is he? Then you're in a space of anxiety and you're not in a space of detachment. Right. right. We, we can't be present if right. we're like constantly looking for him. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you're focused on, here's how it all comes together. When you focus on what you don't have, you're focused in lack and lack and limitation. Lack always feels good. When you're aware of something you don't have, like where's the guy, when's he coming? You're focused on what you don't have and therefore you never feel good. Lack always feels bad. Abundance always feels good. So even coming from the place of, well, what is it that I want in that partner? Why do I want a partner? Okay. I want to feel love. I want to feel connection. And then feeling what that connection feels like to another person. Now you're in a space of attracting it because you're already fulfilled, right? So the last and final um, law is the law of polarity. And this is that there really is poles, you know, two different opposite ends of the poles. There's lack, there's abundance, there's Love, there's fear, there's up, there's down, there's front of the hand, back of the hand. Every, you know, there's extreme cold, extreme hot, right? I used to live in Montreal and Arizona. So extreme cold on one hand, extreme hot on the other hand. Um, so there's a pull, there's a whole spectrum of vibrations and um, frequencies. And when you are, say, for example, focused on, I want to create more money, but you're feeling bad, you're on the pull of lack. So even though you might be thinking of, I'm focused on what I want, yeah, but the vibration you're giving out is lacking. It's, it's a lower level vibration. If it's possible that there is that vibration, there also is possibility that there's the other side of the pole that exists, and that is an abundance of money. So knowing which side of the pole you're on and choosing deliberately by practicing the law of deliberate creation, you know, which way you're going to focus that will then change your vibration, law of attraction will kick in, and then you experience that in your life. So mm -hmm. these are the seven essential laws. So that little piece at the end, I feel like is so key. I, I hear a lot of people being like, I'm super specific, I know exactly what I want, but I'm not getting it. And so would you say that that's because they're still in a lack mindset? They're in lack, there's resistance. Um, you know, what, what people don't realize is that, you know, when they, the minute they start saying like, 
I want this. I know what I want. I'm specific, but where is it? It, it, what's happening is there's split energy now. Yeah. Like they're, they're saying, I want this and visualizing this. And then they're taking, they're taking score. Like, where is this thing? Right. And then as soon as you do that, it splits you off in a different, a different way. It splits your energy and the focus of vibration. It's like you, if you, if you're consistent enough with the vibration of what you want and you're feeling that frequency and resonance with that vibration and you stay there, you ultimately will get it. The, the quicker it comes to you is the belief that you can have it, the doubt if that is present, because doubt slows things down. Doubt is resistance. Worry, fear, all that stuff is resistance to the flow of receiving what you want. I am looking forward to listening to this episode again. <laughs> this is so good. Thank you. And FYI, I don't think I've ever said that. I don't like... I don't tend to like listening the second time because it feels like a rerun. Oh, that's this is so juicy. So can you share some personal experiences? I know you manifested tons of stuff, but like, well, let's start with what's the fastest you've ever manifested something using these laws. Uh, I mean, I've I've manifested the good, the bad, and the ugly, got myself out of really ugly scenarios. But um, I think the fastest thing I've ever done is I said I wanted about $50,000 um, in to get me out of credit card debt. Right. So I wasn't focusing on the credit card debt. I was focusing on the freedom that I would have once I got that dollars $50,000. I worked with a process of magnetizing energy to me, getting up to that frequency of what it would feel like. And the next day I got a check for $50,000 in the mail. So that when you focus on the freedom, how far down the freedom path did you go? Are you focusing on like what it would feel like in your body, what you would do with the freedom, what would be possible. All of it. So what you want to do is when you're visualizing, it's not just because, you know, there's different parts of our, our being, right? There's the mental part of us. So it's the visualization, the imagination, you know, the thoughts that we have, the thoughts that we, you know, we're thinking and changing and shifting into. That's the mental body. And then there's the emotional body where you need to bring in the feeling. And, that, and that's a really important part is like what it will feel like, you know, what I'm going to then do with the money, how will I feel, what, you know, all that stuff. And um, those are two really important parts of our being, both our mental being and our emotional being to get involved in that process. So our whole being needs to be on board. Yes. Okay. I yes. love that. I love that. That's why people say, well, um, I do vision boards every year. And, and some people are like, oh my God, vision boards, I swear by them, they're so great. Because people that do say a vision board can look at a vision board, look on the things on their vision board, and, you know, and then they tap into, they connect also with the feeling of it, like what it would feel like to be in that vision board, to, ha- to be in that picture of the wife and the husband on the beach with their, their new kid or, you know, whatever it is, or the diamond ring on the ring or the wedding or the house they live in or whatever's on their particular vision board. And it's really being able to feel into it. It works that way. If you're just using the mental, like I see it, you know, and you're not full bodying, then it takes longer for it to come if at all. And that's why some people say, well, it works. It doesn't work. Same thing with affirmations as you know, it's another tool. Affirmations are fantastic if you do it the right way. Affirmations are positive statements that you say to yourself over and over again to, to change your state of being. But some people will go like, I'm abundant. <laughs> I love my life. 
And it's like, there's no energy moving. There's no shifting. Right. And so it's not only just the words you say, but the energy behind it. So it's like, I love my life. I love my life. I love, I just love my life. That helps you just change the state that you're in. Right. I am abundant. Like I'm abundant. I am so abundant. Like you could feel like my energy shifting as I'm saying it. It's very, very different. So these tools work if you understand how to actually work them. I'm abundant. That doesn't do anything. It makes no. you go, yeah, right. I'm abundant. You know? Yeah. That makes me be like, that energy is gross. I want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to back up. Well, I guess I want to bounce all over the place. The law of allowing. <laughs> yes. So I think a lot of people would resonate with the concept of like, I feel like I'm just blocking it at the last minute. It feels like there's a bottleneck. And like, I want this, but maybe it's fear of success, fear of like, you know, jumping ahead to all the things that might happen if it, if it happens. Yes. How do we work with that? Okay. So now we're getting into more advanced stuff and this is where my more advanced, if you want to call it advanced, but this is really where the conversation about energy comes in. And the fact that, you know, as we are growing older, as we're having our life experience, um, things that happen to us, people say something, something happens, we fall down, what, whatever it is, right? These life situations, we tend to, instead of know what to do when these things happen, keep ourselves open and feel the emotions that we're feeling. A lot of times out of self-protection, we close down. So we get our heart broken for the first time. We shut down. And in that shutting down, what happens is whatever, I call it a bushwhack, Whatever emotion you were feeling, it could be like, I'm so in love or I'm in joy or, you know, whatever that good emotion is. And all of a sudden you hear your boyfriend's cheating on you and it's like, right. You not only close down the negative energy, meaning the energy that you have to process, it might be anger, it might be sadness, it might be frustration, disappointment, whatever that is. What happens is there creates this block down. But so there's this energy that blocks as far as the negative emotion, but behind it is the joy, is the love. So what happens as we as human beings, we want to protect ourselves from not ever feeling that again, right? So if we start all of a sudden we're moving and we're falling in love and we're feeling that joy again, we get part of us does go, oh my God, alert, alert, alert. Last time you felt this emotion, you got your heart broken. And so we sabotage, mm -hmm. we find faults in the other person. We find excuses not to call them, not to be with them because we don't want to get hurt again. So unless we know how to release the block, let the energy flow out of us, that, that is the negative emotion because we need to feel that. It's everything, emotions are vibration, it's energy. So instead of having to go in and tell a story of it and feel it and go, you know, go through the whole thing, as long as you're feeling the energy, it actually starts to process and releases. What, what then happens is it unblocks the good energy too because energy cannot be destroyed. Energy literally stays blocked and it creates like a vortex of energy. It's like a caged animal. It's like if you have a, a caged lion, right? That lion is going to spiral and spiral and spiral and it wants out of there. That's what energy does. So it creates this vortex of energy and it sets up thoughts and the thoughts then create well, men are not trustworthy or women are not trustworthy or men will screw you over or what, you know, whatever the thought is, right? And then you then see evidence of it. And then that becomes that point, that imprint of energy 
becomes then how you attract in your life. So you meet this great person, you want them to come in your life, you're getting closer to them, and all of a sudden it's like those alert, those alert bells out of your own self-protection go off and then the sabotage. Or it could be success. You could have just like in high school or when you were a kid, you know, we're just doing so well and your friends like were making fun of you because you were shining too bright, mm-hmm. right? And they cut you down and they decided to not be your friend anymore because you were shining too bright. So then all that's happening here. And now you've made a decision that I can't shine too bright. I, I'll, I'll shine just enough. But if I shine too bright, I might get hurt. Right? So there's this sabotaging part of us that comes in because we don't understand what happens with the energy. You release all that stuff, then you're free to be that unlimited being, to be, uh, you know, giving yourself permission to be as successful as you want, regardless of how other people are going to react or respond to you. How do we release all that stuff? It's doing energy work because mm-hmm. you, you got to think about it. You know, there's a lot of adults that are walking around that are letting their wounded child run the show yeah. in the way of money, in the way of success. You know, a little, a little girl, for example, seven years old could have had mom and dad come and take everything she had in her savings account because the family needed the help. And now she made a decision. Well, if I have money, people are going to take people I trust are going to take my money. So she decides to struggle. It's not a conscious decision, right? Right. To struggle and not have enough money so that if you're out of protection, nobody can take it from her. So it manifests as struggle with money. Or, you know, you get hurt on the playground and your mom and dad yell at you for getting hurt and, you know, while you're playing. And so now it's like you are very serious about life. You never let yourself play anymore because if you play, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get yelled at, right? These are things that we don't realize are running the show a lot of times. And we, can, we don't have to go back and go to therapy and do all that kind of stuff to, to grow that part of us. But what's amazing is that when you're working with these universal laws and you're focusing on what I do want and you find yourself kind of beating your head up against the same wall and not being able to get past what you want, either financially or in relationships or with your body or whatever it is, you could just even ask your body, where am I blocking energy? And your body intuitively will tell you, will show you pictures and images of those times when you decided to shut down and then imagining opening your heart feeling and processing the energy that you didn't when you were seven or six or 10 or, you know, when you're in your twenties or however long it was, feel the pulsation of that energy leaving and let yourself get comfortable again with that, that good feeling, allowing the joy back in, allowing the love back in. Cause a lot of times we get really uncomfortable with it because we were protecting ourselves from it because that's what we were feeling. When we got hurt in the first place. That was such a good description. Thank you. Nice work. That was good. Um, All right. Where did I want to go next? Oh, shoot. I forget. I got lost in that. Um, Hopefully that's a good thing. (laughs) It it was a good thing. It was a good thing. Um, Yeah. So fear of success. Let's run with that one for a little while. Because I think a lot of people have it and don't realize it. Oh, for sure. And it yes. come, and again, it comes up at the last minute. So yeah, they can realize that it's, and I found in my personal work that they're the big pieces that I worked on 
And then these little tiny stories creep in. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's getting in the way. Yes. I had an epiphany a couple of weeks ago about the term strong women, which had always a strong woman being called a strong woman. And that had always triggered me, but I didn't, I hadn't quite figured out the, like the whole pathway yet. And then I realized that I had this story that us, like people had said to me, like I hadn't gotten the attention that I wanted. They've been like, because it's okay. I know you can do it on your own. You're a strong woman. So it was never said as like a positive thing. It was said as a, you didn't get attention because you're a strong woman. You don't need it. So the story I created was that I'm a strong woman and other people need help more than I do. So I would put myself at the back of the line. Yes. And so once I saw that, I was like, what? No, 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 no. Like I know it's, so it wasn't like, it wasn't a self-worth issue as much. It was, it was just that little story. Yes. Isn't it amazing? The stories that we tell ourselves just because the projection of what someone else tells us. Yeah. You know, I used, I used to get that all the time where my mom would say about my sister and my dad, well, they're so sensitive. You're not sensitive. You're like me. Well, what does that mean? I'm insensitive? <laughs> like her? You know, it's like my mom is very, she's a lovely lady, wonderful, great mom, did her best, all that stuff. Did a lot of work on my relationship with her. I have to completely transform my relationship with her. She used to be my biggest critic. Now she's my biggest cheerleader. But she is very insensitive, whereas my father is very sensitive. Talk about spectrums, right? And so when I grew up, I knew I was sensitive, but I couldn't admit that or show that because I didn't want to be bad because in her mind, being sensitive was bad. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot do the work that I do with clients if I wasn't sensitive. I'm very sensitive to energy. And that's right. what makes me a, a, you know, a great coach to be able to help people see and release their blocks energetically because I'm sensitive to energy. So what I was trying to hide for so long is I thought, well, that's bad. That actually is one of my greatest gifts now because I could admit and see that being sensitive is a great thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm able to attract everything that I want because I can feel the intricacies of energy because I am sensitive. Yes. Right. And so, it is a gift. It is. Yeah. So it is amazing the things that are said to us or projected onto us and that we take even like the, com the conversation about money, mm -hmm. you know, we, when, and, and I wanted to say this, so, so whatever stories you hear yourself say, it's important to just ask yourself, well, is that true? You know, is that true? And is there another way of looking at it? Um, you know, is it true that people that you love are going to take your money? No, that's an incident that happened. But is it, can anybody come and take your money now? No, right? It's like we have to challenge these things that we imp that imprinted us as a young kid. So like the conversation about money, if we saw our parents fighting about money, we make these assumptions that money is bad because they're fighting about it. Or if they never talked about it at all, it was like a taboo subject. It becomes this mystery thing. Like money's a, why doesn't anybody talk about this thing money? Like, you know, or, or I want mom, can I have some money? No, we don't have any money. You know, and, and, it, and it's always this programming of no, we can't afford it. Can't afford it. That is the first thing that people need to eliminate from their vocabulary. First of all, the word can't, but I can't afford it. If you say I can't afford it, please change that to that's not a financial priority for me right now. 
Mm -hmm. or I choose to pay my mortgage instead of buying a new car or whatever it is. But please stop saying I can't afford it because it will never change your born of attraction and you will always have the reality where you can't afford things. Yes. And I'd also cut out, it's too expensive. Yes. Yeah. Because that's just an opinion. It's too exactly. expensive. What does too expensive mean? Yeah. Yeah. What other words should people, sh I have well, a whole, I use one of them. I have a whole <laughs> series called watch your words. You go to watchyourwords.com. literally have 30 different phrases of what not to say. I tell you why, what the vibration does and then what to say instead. So for example, another one is should. Mm -hmm. When you said, well, I should do this, you're putting yourself into a role where I should have done this. You're beating yourself up for something that you already did. You can't go back and undo. So it's like you need to learn that it's like instead of should, this is what I should do. Say, what do I feel like doing? What are my options? You know, because then it frees you. It frees up your energy. It gets you more in that allowing space than in that constricted space, right? So there's like 30 of them that you can go and, and listen to that will each and every one of them as you shift them are going to change your energy and shift your vibration. I'm on a personal, well, let's just say it's a mini mission to get rid of the word should. Mm. I would really and, like to see that just everyone as if not completely eliminated when you use it, do it like use the quotes, know, know what you're doing when you use it. Yeah, because it, it, it I, my life completely changed when I, when I, when you're shooting, you're coming from your old bounded programming mm -hmm. of what a role is that you should, should be doing. Right. And it doesn't give you any sense of freedom. It doesn't give you any options. It doesn't give you any choices and it keeps you stuck in the drama triangle. Right. Which, it's completely the, lack. Yeah. Yeah. There, where there's only pain, suffering and more chaos and drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Digging into words is one of my favorite passages. Oh, and it, it, you know, in the beginning, there was the word. Words have meaning, mm -hmm. you know? I remember years ago when my husband, it was like, I'd be, we'd be all excited. We're going to go on a trip. And he's more of the logical kind of guy. And he would come up to me and go, okay, what is our budget for this trip? And I'd be like, you just took the yummy out of the trip. It's like budget, Blech. you know, and I told him, I, I just despise that word, even though it's important to know what are you going to spend, you know, that kind of thing. And I, we had to talk, talk about the word budget because for me, it was always just this limiting, you know, like people that don't have any money, have a budget, which is not true, but that's what the meaning I gave it. So we would say, what's the allocation? So now if we go on a trip, He'll say, okay, what do we want to allocate for our trip? And that feels like allocate because it feels better. If, you know, now I'm okay with the word budget. It still is not sexy, but allocate feels better, right? I, I love that shift because I feel like allocate is giving and yeah. budget for me feels like a box. It yeah, feels exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing the words that we use and what, where we pick them up. I had, a, I had a moment, literally, it was less than a month ago, and I'm totally willing to, to admit this. I was driving with my kids and my husband. I was, in the, I was driving, and I was about to pull into like a shopping center, and this person literally was blocking the way to get into the shopping center. Like It was going to cause an accident. And I looked, and I go, God, people are such idiots. You know? And didn't even hear myself say that. And my son, who's nine, he goes, mom, 
that doesn't feel good. He goes, because you're saying that people are idiots and I'm a people. So you're basically saying, and I'm an idiot. And I was like, oh, geez. And I, I teach this stuff, right? And I was yeah. just like, oh, God, Alex, I'm so sorry. I wasn't trying to insult you. You're right. I, that was not nice of me to say that. You know, that guy is going to cause an accident was probably or a way, better way of saying it. Or it, I don't know what's going on with that guy instead of being judgment and being in allowing space. Like, I wonder what's going on with that guy. I got really like agitated and called him a name and made a very, you know, blanket statement. Right. So I apologize. And he's like, it's okay. I forgive you. Great. The next day I'm literally on the phone driving, talking to my mom. And, um, I was telling her a story and she goes, Oh, people are such idiots. And I was like, uh. <laughs> I didn't realize the day before I had no idea where that came from. I was programmed. Mm-hmm. I was totally programmed and probably heard that up teen times. Cause I've heard it from her many times since I've heard that so many times in my life that it just spewed out of my mouth. So it's in there. Yes. And we don't realize the words that we say or even the words that we say silently to ourselves. Oh, yes. There's so, yeah. We don't listen. That's it. If you start to listen and pay attention, then you realize, then when you start to listen and pay attention, then you actually have control over stopping what you're saying and switching it to something else. And when that happens, you actually shift your reality. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it sounds like step one is awareness. It always. Yeah, I was telling see. that to my husband today. We're doing a couples retreat this weekend. He's like, you know, I'm trying to think about like the steps that I took to change and shift. And I said, I'll tell you, because the first step, and I, I don't care if it's 12-step programs, I don't care if it's any transformational programs, is always having an awareness. Mm-hmm. You can't change anything if you're ignorant to it. You just can't. Yeah, you can't move from lack to abundance if you don't see that you're in lack. Right, exactly. And most people don't even have a clue that they're doing that. Right. Yeah. So what are some key things that people could look for so they might um, just clue into the fact that they're in lack? Well, I'll I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it. Whenever you check in with yourself and you feel bad, you're in lack because abundance always feels good. So you're going about your day. All of a sudden you feel like, oh, I'm just cranky, right? Somewhere in your head, you are thinking thoughts of lack that have caused you to then feel those feelings because thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, actions lead to results. So somewhere around that space, you're feeling, you're thinking in lack, and that's what's causing you to feel sad or down or whatever it is. So if you feel bad, you're in lack. If you feel good, you're in abundance. That's just Mm -hmm. the way to start right there. So simple. I just love that, the simplification of that. And I'm just going to add, in case this is popping through anyone's head, you are worthy of feeling good. Everything can feel good. (laughs) It's our birthright. Yes. It's not supposed to be struggle and pain and drama and, you know, and just chaos. It's not supposed to be like that. And we learned that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We, there is a better way. There is, there is a better choice and we're the ones that can either make it or continue to live into the chaos and the drama and the pain and the suffering and the struggle. It's that simple. Or we can choose ease and play and joy and abundance and creation. Amen, Amen sister. 
Yeah. That's what I choose. That's what I choose too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't world. mean that I don't find myself in lack every once in a while. Sneaky. Oh, absolutely. Sneaky oh, it is sneaky. It is. It's insidious. It totally is. I've been doing this work for over 20 years and I still have to every, you know, every day check myself. So yeah, I call it hashtag humaning. I love it. Humaning. <laughs> it's a tricky business. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> like none of us know what we're doing. I know we need a, we need a book. <laughs> a manual, which is kind of what you wrote. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, that when you, when you understand these seven essential laws, it makes life so much easier. Hmm. Where can people get your book? You, I'm actually going to give a free copy of my book. So um, I just ask that you take care of shipping. You can go to um, quantumsuccessbook.com. Of course, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere it's sold. But if you want to get a copy for free and I'll, you just take care of shipping, it's quantumsuccessbook.com. Thank you. That is so generous. Thank you. And where can people learn more about you? You can go to my website, christywhitman.com. And any way you spell it, you'll get there. So christywhitman.com. And, um, or you can go to watchyourwords.com. And that was the, um, the example I was showing. They're, they're little videos that um, are me telling you the word of the day. And so every day you get a word and you, sh- you shift off of that word and you'll definitely see your life improving. Mm, that is such a fun idea. I love that idea. Thank you. Hmm. It's fun doing it. That inspires me. And are you on social media? I am. I'm Christy Whitman one on Instagram and um, have Christy Whitman international as my fan page for Facebook. Fabulous. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, you know, um, I have to run off to another interview and I'm, I'm just grateful for this time and just want to remind everybody, or at least it is a reminder because we do know this, that, every single one of us has the ability to create the lives that we want to live. And it doesn't matter what our conditioning is. What I write about in quantum success is that who we know ourselves to be, all the conditioning, all the programming, all the success and the triumphs and all the heartbreaks, everything is only 4% of who we really are. The 96% is that pure potentiality that is waiting for us to open up to it so that we can know our greatness, we can live our best life and we can truly live in abundance. And it's up to us as the human to open up to that. But we all have the potential to do that. Mm. Oh, we're going to end it on that. statement. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christy. This has just been, this has been so fun. Thank you, Kelsey. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group. Find your awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, Go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome. Awesome.